2: hello everyone welcome back to road of Is overtime on road of his radio brought to you by blue wire my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to and as always i'm joined by my co-host of the show it is sean siegel also the co-host of the stadium bananas podcast sean we did have the super wildcard weekend this past weekend we are into the playoffs we had three separate days of action wrapping up with the rams and the cardinals on on monday night the name, I guess, is still a work in progress. Maybe the NFL will come up with something else and, and change the name, but it seems like it might be here to stay. But obviously, with the seven seeds coming in this year, um, the game quality maybe they're not to the level that we were expecting, but still a, a fun weekend of action. But I think when we look ahead, this weekend is shaping up to be absolutely fantastic from the, the games that we're getting here but um that's always the possibility when we have those extra seeds and that maybe they don't live up but i'm sure there's going to be and there's going to be a first for everything there's going to be one of these years where a team sneaks over the line into that spot and, and makes a run at it so this is just something that we're, we're going to see from time to time but a, a fun week of games how did how did you find the
3: the wild card weekend yeah it, i mean it's fun to have all six of those games, right? And just because the Eagles probably shouldn't have been in the Steelers, not really a playoff caliber team right now, doesn't mean that the whole structure doesn't work. I think it's great to have only the one team with the bye, And, you know, there were some extremely strong AFC teams that didn't make it right. The chargers, a very good team, the Baltimore Ravens, when they have Lamar Jackson, a fantastic team. So no reason that the six and seven seeds, can't be, you know, Super Bowl contenders, right? Much less teams that look good in this first weekend. It it didn't pan out that way because of differences in strength of schedule and then flukiness that happens. And obviously the Chargers actually have to finish off some of those games that they have the shot out there. So you have those elements. I think on the NFC side, we had six very strong teams and the 49ers demonstrated how scary they are. The Cardinals, obviously not peaking at the right time. So you don't have DeAndre Hopkins there. It's been just a, a crazy split in terms of not just the results, but every play that they run with Deion, without DeAndre Hopkins, you feel is sort of a helpless play. Kyler Murray really improved as a passer this season, and yet he still has a ways to go. And then his, his targets have to help him. The A.J. Green experiment was a failure. I and mean, when we saw Green benefit from the quality of some of the other targets in the first half of the season, and then benefit from some volume later on, but clearly not someone that you can have out there on a playoff team. Uh, He's shut out in this game, which I think owes itself also to more weirdness with the replay officials. I mean, the game more or less ended when they overturned his catch. And it's like, you know, you have the, officiating expert there saying that's two feet down and you're like i mean it's four feet down (laughs) what are we talking about I mean, it's clear possession it doesn't matter that the third and fourth feet are you know down for for just a split second that's a clear catch should not be overturned and you know the cardinals were dead at that point but even if you add that catch in for aj green he does absolutely nothing for you
2: maybe after this week sean maybe this is the final week that we have to bring aj green up on the the ot pod
3: it feels like it will be right. I mean, AJ Green doesn't have a place in the NFL anymore. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of questions in the offseason about the Cardinals. I don't think that you can take away what they did in the first half. I and mean, people who are all over Cliff Kingsbury for the Cardinals' performance in this game, you know, to not give them credit for what they did in the first half of the season, to not give them credit for what they did very shorthanded in you know, defeating the Dallas Cowboys just a couple weeks ago. I mean, the Cowboys do lose to the 49ers. That is, you know, a mild upset. If you're a Cowboys fan, you've got to be pretty crushed because they have the pieces on offense. They've got the great defense. But at the same time, I mean, I feel like maybe even the majority of fantasy participants, casual fans, probably expected the 49ers to win that game, which, you know, in that case, obviously you don't have some unbeatable Super Bowl team. It will be interesting now to see what happens as your Green Bay Packers have to face this sort of emerging 49ers juggernaut. I do think that all four games this coming weekend are going to be very exciting. It does seem like the two headline games are pretty clearly Chiefs-Bills and Packers-49ers. Probably the two best teams in the AFC and that game, the two best teams in the NFC in the Packers 49ers game. Now, because these teams are all good and because NFL football games are going to be highly dependent on things like a key turnover and a high leverage play, I mean, you could easily see a team from Bengals. Titans make the Super Bowl, a team from Buccaneers. Rams make the Super Bowl. Those teams also very talented. Uh, This next weekend is going to be fantastic, right? And we've got a lot of good teams, a lot of good players. And, Colin, I have to say that after what we saw the Bills do, your Bills prediction uh, looks pretty good and i don't know i mean the packers in some ways lose out in terms of the momentum in terms of the rhetoric and i've seen momentum from the perspective of like fan perception momentum not you know actual nfl football team momentum Uh, but right now i think that you've got to like the bills chiefs winner as the best team in the nfl even with how good the Packers have looked because both teams have great offenses, great defenses. I mean, that Bill's chiefs game, it's unfortunate that can't be the super bowl because the right now those look like the two best teams.
2: They they both look fantastic, but I do think as well, I know you mentioned like from a fan perspective, I think like because the team had the best record in their conference and didn't play this week, it doesn't make them a worse team it makes them a more rested team so like that it is always interesting and you know there is theories around bye weeks and when you come back and have to play will you be you know a bit slow to start but you know we always talk about in the season teams coming back from a bye week having an extra week to repair and things like that and it's always a positive it's funny when we get to the team who's the number one overall seed that it it can become um you know seem slightly negative which is always which is always interesting i think that's more of a fans fear mentality that like that might happen like listening to some packers coverage over the last 24 hours there's people you know there is a fear around playing the 49ers but that's also because the 49ers have played the last two weeks in high profile games and got wins you know there is still the fact that they were the you know second to third best team in their division um and and, how things played out there so but i think the one thing i wanted to touch on there um that you mentioned is this weekend is going to be fun a lot of people talk about the wild card weekend in the past being one of the more fun weekends because of the extra games and obviously we have more games now than we ever had on that weekend but i always think that this the divisional round weekend is the one where the cream of the crop is playing we've the best teams remaining and i think this is always one of the more uh, I, I think this is the best weekend of the year obviously the conference championship you're going to have the teams that go to the super bowl but this here is going to be going to be awesome and look for me it's going to be awesome for if the Packers win and for you it's gonna be awesome if the Chiefs win and we're both representing on today's show for anyone watching it over on YouTube I have on a Packers hat and Sean is on a Chiefs hat so we're still waiting for that Super Bowl matchup but I I was very confident Sean I think we'll touch on on some of the games and talk about the players involved from uh, both for some of the playoff contests but also for maybe how things look heading into next season but we talked on um saturday before the games before we locked in these lineups and i was very very confident in the bills heading into this one i know you had some concerns with it but in this game the bills were about as good as you can possibly be they i believe they didn't punt all game they didn't kick a field goal they just like they just blasted through them and decided to score touchdowns on every possession that they had um and really really truly dominated the patriots which is something that you don't often see too Bill Belichick team so Josh Allen looked fantastic Devin Singletary looked good Dawson Knox had a a big big day what were some of your key takeaways and were you surprised at just how dominant the Bills were in this one
3: I was because this Patriots defense has been very good and we've seen you know what Bill Belichick can do in the playoffs I mean you think about that first big win where they take out the greatest show on turf I mean they're very used to slowing down high-powered offenses in the playoffs and uh, Tom Brady just crazy playoff numbers and Super Bowl numbers and all that kind of thing you go through and they were showing uh, obviously Ben Roethlisberger and where he fits in terms of the playoffs and he's you know not necessarily that far behind Peyton Manning but then those two guys are you know barely even halfway and yeah (laughs) So, I mean, Tom Brady has been fantastic, but so much of what happened, especially in the first two or three titles, was the defense and managing the game. And, you know, just because they have Mac Jones, I mean, Mac Jones has had a good season. The offense is fine. It's not electric. We did see some very good play from Kendrick Bourne in this game. They've got the good running game. We knew that they were going to struggle Or potentially struggle because the Bills also have a fantastic defense. And so you have this situation where you have an explosive offense with a fantastic defense against a ball control offense and a fantastic defense. And sometimes that kind of dynamic, if the explosive, pass heavy offense struggles in the beginning, you can feel the pressure build and you know suddenly you get into these games where everybody's like oh you know you need to run the ball you need to control the clock what we saw this weekend is the teams that are run heavy have such a a lower ceiling than the teams that can really take you apart through the air and the game can be over so quickly again that's not to say it's going to happen every time obviously the patriots had even defeated the bills already once this season but and no real question which was the better team in this game. You mentioned the lack of punts. The Bills go out there and score touchdowns on their first seven possessions. You contrast that a little bit with the Chiefs game, and the Chiefs struggle a little bit in the beginning. They create the fumble and score on a really bizarre play call where they decide to take Patrick Mahomes out of the play there. If the Chiefs do that in the next round, then you know they'll be down 21, 28 to nothing before they get going. Now, the flip side of that is the Chiefs then went and scored on score touchdowns on six consecutive possessions. So <laughs> you have this game coming where obviously the Chiefs were utterly dominant on the defensive side of the ball. They've been the best defense in football since week six. And you know, you, you have this super game between the two best quarterbacks and the two best passing offenses, the two most explosive offenses, and these two fantastic defenses. Now, the Packers would get into that conversation, obviously. Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is going to be the NFL MVP despite the heroics from Cooper Cup. And we know that the Packers are a little bit more of a ball control slash explosive offense. They are the slowest team to the line in the NFL. They sort of limit the number of plays. They force teams to pass because you can't stay with them running the ball with that few possessions. And so you have this dynamic where these seem like the three best teams. I guess I still feel like the Chiefs and the Bills are more explosive. That makes for just a game here that could be absolutely crazy. Now, one of the things that you do get into is that the sequencing can be a little bit tricky. And you say, well, you know, if the Bills had, had to punt, a couple times at the beginning of that game, then the Chiefs game and the Bills game in many ways would be more or less identical. But yeah, the Chiefs are going to be home. That will help them at least a little bit. The Bills aren't going to be able to benefit from the roaring crowd when Kansas City is trying to run plays. The Bills will have to deal with that. But I mean, the Chiefs cannot get off to a slow start in this next game or you could be buried. And, you know, we've seen Patrick Mahomes rally the team we saw what he did when they won the super bowl when they were down double digit uh, points in almost all of those victories but that's not a situation you want to get in against the bills and all of those games you felt like the chiefs had players to come back that they had the gap in overall talent to come back i mean you just simply can't afford to get behind this buffalo bills team
0: Hey, RotoViz fans. This is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz fantasy football podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal RotoViz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RV radio 2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RV radio 2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year RotoViz subscription
1: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Some of my thoughts going into this weekend with the Packers is like, if the game script is that the Packers get a two score lead, and I do know that they they did get a, a, a tree score like there were 17 zip up in the game earlier this season against the 49ers but that is not the situation the 49ers want to be in. and you mentioned you know the Packers being one of the being basically the slowest team to play in the NFL that works obviously for the Packers if they are putting up those points and I think that really goes against the 49ers from that side then but you mentioned a point that I keep coming back to when I'm thinking about the Packers team, and you mentioned about how the plays are the way they are for them, trying to let as much of the clock burn down. But when you don't turn the ball over and you don't have those mistakes, and I think that's what you're hinting at with the Chiefs, where it was the turnover, the Packers tend not to have those turnovers at all from the quarterback position. And then if we get into the situation where either of those two teams do turn the ball over, or the 49ers or any team in the playoffs, turnovers are going to be so important in this particular round. But yeah, the, the Bills just looked fantastic. We'll be talking about them obviously as we head on into this weekend with our shows later in the week. But the 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 Chiefs for those you know number of drives in a row just looked incredible. But if you turn that ball over and you're not going up against Ben Roethlisberger, you're going up against Josh Allen. You could be in a a painful situation very very swiftly in that. But it, it's going to be good this weekend as well. We had obviously the crowds in this previous weekend, but. You know, we didn't really have that last year, and I think that adds a big advantage to the home teams, particularly when you get to this point of the the campaign. I guess we'll say the one player, Sean, I did want to just touch on out of those two games that we haven't talked a huge amount about this season. I sometimes add in some comments from time to time. I know he's on some of my rosters, and he's somebody that you've liked, us Kendrick barn He did have seven receptions for seventy-seven yards and two touchdowns in this, and had one rush for fourteen yards. What's your outlook? Have you like heading into next season? Is he somebody that maybe people should be trying to get on rosters, or, or what's your thoughts there for people interested in Mr. Kendrick Bourne? Because we mightn't have a chance to talk about him for a couple of weeks.
3: Well, Bourne is somebody who I think will come through in these games when the Patriots need to go on the t- the attack. I like him. One of the problems is just there's not going to be a ton of volume, a ton of passing volume in this offense. I think that next season they'll open up a little bit, but I would also expect them, despite the the big contracts they gave out to Aguilar and Bourne and the solid yet unspectacular season from Jacoby Myers, you, you have to think they're going to try and add an additional piece To give them a little bit more explosiveness on offense and then you get split up even more in terms of where those targets are going I think that Mac Jones could take a a pretty sizable step forward when you look at how good he was as a rookie and I think the Patriots are going to know they need to have more flexibility on offense you think of how dangerous they were and how scary they were from 2007 until you know 2018 ish that is because they had both sides of the equation Right? And that's where you're looking at with the Chiefs and the Bills. I don't think that they can sit back and try and control the ball and, and get into these situations because then you face a team like the Bills or a team like the Chiefs, and your defense just has to be so perfect. You have a little bit of a bad game there. You don't have other things you can do. One of the things that these NFL teams are trying to do in the same way that fantasy teams are trying to do, you have to create as many pathways to victory as you can. Right, And so – there are going to be situations in which you can't be awesome everywhere. Not every team with a great offense is going to have a great defense and vice versa, but as you continue to develop your franchise, you have to build as many of those things out as you can. The Patriots are not going to be content to sit back and be second fiddle to the chiefs and the bills over the long term. with Joe Burrow and the Bengals emerging. they could be, you know, third in the pecking order. Lamar Jackson comes back and plays well next season. They could be, you know, fifth. You're starting to look at a team that no longer is as relevant unless you develop that second part of the equation. We know that passing offense, especially passing offense in the first half of games, is what dictates really success in the NFL. And so you have to build your team around that. I think with that being the case, probably Kendrick Bourne is one of those guys who, again, is going to be a good best ball type of option and not someone that we're looking at that much necessarily in Dynasty or in regular redraft but I do think he can play and it's almost more of a bad thing for some of the other pieces in that new England passing attack, because I don't think that they're going to necessarily separate from him in a way that creates the volume that they need to be relevant. One of the reasons why I think Jacoby Myers is someone who probably just doesn't have all that much value. Again, when you think about what they're likely to do next year, if they sit, if they stay at Pat and, try and go with the guys they have try and really make the most of what they have with Hunter Henry sort of reevaluate what they did with John New Smith. I mean, they paid him a bunch of money. He's got to be more of a factor for them now at a certain point, And the Patriots are a team that doesn't let their past decisions ruin their present, right? I mean, they're not going to run out guys who aren't playing well and say, we paid them now they've got to play. They're going to play their best guys at the same time. I mean, Johnny Smith is someone you've got to take advantage of. So we'll see what they do in the offseason. They're going to be a very good team. They're going to be a relevant team for, you know, the next decade. Unlike some of the other teams who picked rookie QBs and look like they're almost back to square one, the Patriots are not in that situation. But they do have to take a step. I mean, this game answered pretty clearly kind of where they are and what a defense and running team can do in the current NFL landscape, right, to be a consistent threat. And it's not that there couldn't be a, a time sometime in the next five years where a team like that works their way through. But you even think of a team like the 49ers, So one of the things that's scary about them. And you look at that matchup with the Packers and say, well, the Packers are going to be slow, and the 49ers are going to emphasize the run. They're going to have a lot of running plays in their ideal game. Well, suddenly now Aaron Rodgers doesn't touch the ball. A lot in this game and when you're the dominant team and have the nfl's best player arguably that guy has to touch the ball as many times as possible in a game not as few times as possible and so from that perspective you could argue that the packers are going about it wrong if you're trying to dominate through. And I think that the fact that they've lost in some of these high-profile games the last couple of years is more fluky than necessarily directly the result of some of these decisions that they've made. But I don't necessarily think that they've gone about it in the right direction if you're trying to think, well, how can we become more dominant? How can we become scarier? How can we become this team that terrifies people the way that a Patrick Mahomes team does, the way that those Tom Brady best teams do because they're personality is still not at that level because of some of the things that they've decided themselves to do. Now, you could say that it's probably elevating their defense a little bit and creating a dynamic in which the defense is closer to being on par with the offense because, again, they don't have to face as many plays and they're in a good context when they are lining up on so many different scrimmage snaps. So that perhaps is a positive, but, you know, you, you look at that Packers 49ers game and it's very easy. You mentioned listening to Packers radio and, and how you feel yourself as a fan. If that game is close at halftime and the 49ers are running the ball successfully, then the fear that you feel is just that the Packers won't have enough opportunities in the second half to really distance themselves. And then it becomes a coin flip. And if you're the better team, you don't want it to be a coin flip, right? I mean, you want to win going away. It's possible that's what we'll see because going into this last weekend, you know, you could have argued, okay, well, the Patriots can make this a coin flip game. The Raiders really did make theirs pretty close to a coin flip game. Maybe the Eagles can run the ball successfully and make it a coin flip. Maybe the Cardinals can make it a coin flip. Those teams didn't. They got blown out. And so perhaps the Packers will do that as well. But I just, I do think that you're going to see these pass heavy teams be the teams year in and year out. Every once in a while, a team that's run heavy is going to make it deep and people will say, look, that also works, but you're like, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the next decade, do you want to have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, or, you know, do you want to have a running back? It's pretty obvious that you don't want your team to be built around Derrick Henry or Damian Harris. You, you've got to have those stars. And on the Packers side, maybe they're coming to the end of that. Maybe, And that's one of the reasons why there's even more, I think, terror if you're a fan and even more pressure if you're on that Packers team, they do need to win now but they've been built in a way that's very effective. And so, you know, we'll see what comes out of it on the NFC side. On the NFC side, you could argue that the stakes are very, very high because you have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady going down the stretch. You have someone like Jimmy Garoppolo who might be fighting for his starting career. On the AFC side, those guys are all like, we're going to be superstars for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, there's pressure. Yeah, you want to win this year you know, you can always believe you're going to get back. I mean, you think about some of the good teams from the past that thought they were going to make it back, never really did. You know, even someone like Peyton Manning doesn't give that many chances when, uh, I mean, he was a better player than than Tom Brady, for example. So you don't necessarily get that many chances. But on the AFC side, I don't think those guys are panicked. Like, this is their one shot. And so very different contexts in the two conferences.
2: Yeah, it, it does feel that way. And even if you think of uh, the Rams and Matthew Stafford, you know hasn't had that shot before, but this could be his shot now. And it, it feels like there's a lot more youth on the uh, the AFC side. Interesting though, you mentioned there, like, and look, I I don't think this is the case, but you, know, you look at say the Chiefs and they obviously won it with Mahomes, and then they lost last year in the Super Bowl. But it doesn't take that far to those teams go from the Seattle Seahawks to the Seahawks now. You know, it it might feel sometimes like the window is very wide, but that window sometimes can, you know, Kelsey's getting older. If things drop off there, then all of a sudden we're into a situation where it's mainly Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. And then you might be talking about a situation similar to the Packers with Adams and uh, Rodgers, where it's like, one key go-to weapon only so things can turn around very quick and I I do agree with you I I would like to see the Packers be more aggressive I've mentioned it on the show a few times and we've talked about it off air as well where I have said that they haven't needed to kind of go all in in a lot of these games and at times it's almost come back to haunt them but they've been quite comfortable at halftime in a number of games this season and kind of pulled back like if we look at how they went out against the Vikings in the 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 week um, 16 game you know, at halftime, that game's over. There's no more to go. Like, Rogers, potentially could have gone out there and thrown for two more touchdowns and 200 more yards in the second and or the third and fourth quarters, but it wasn't needed. And I, I do think they're very much a rounded team. I also agree with what you said about the defensive side of things. The Packers, for a number of years, the defense has been ma- mainly the issue um, from losing in some of those big contests. But you also touched on how some of these games played out this past week. I think that this could end up being a close game, a coin flip. I'm still very confident that the Packers will go ahead and win it, but I think there's a chance that it turns out like, probably not to the extent of the Bills game, but maybe the Rams-Cardinals game. I could see the Packers getting up and Garoppolo not being able to pull the 49ers out of that hole. And then obviously you're playing on a, I guess we'll say a short week because the game's going to be on Saturday. You're playing in Lambeau. There's so much going on there. So... I'm still very confident as a Packers fan Debo Samuel is a slightly terrifying proposition to go against he did it again this week with another Russian touchdown uh, the best wide back as he is calling himself now in the, in the NFL but uh yeah it's going to be a, a super fun weekend Sean um, anything you want to add into our kind of recap before we wrap up here today around those games this past week any players that, that you wanted to hit on specifically
3: So, Colin, we also did want to look at this contest from the perspective of the FFPC. Uh, Look at this wildcard weekend from that perspective. And obviously the challenge there, you want to find the high-scoring players, but it's within the context of you got to pick a guy from each team. You have two teams that you're going to fade. You have two teams that you're going to soft fade. And I like where we are in the early going in terms of our $200 level team. We have a couple of $35 level teams that – are doing well. Also, you and I made the decision to fade the Patriots and the Eagles. I think that probably was a pretty popular choice. I think it was the correct choice. Now, there was a scenario in there where if you play Kendrick Bourne, you'd be in great shape. If you played uh, Kenny Gainwell, that would have been a pretty decent way to be, number one, very different, and then number two, get those points at a running back position. It was very difficult to score running back points this week. That's what we had told people last week based on uh, the injuries, based on the game-level similarity projections, based on our matchup tools. You're looking at wide receivers and tight ends as being the guys who are going to make the impact plays. That's more or less how it went. So you could go with game well there. But with the Eagles and Patriots being out and probably not their main guys scoring to fade them, I think was a successful choice. We did the soft fade with the... Cardinals and the Cowboys it was nice to get that field goal at the end from Prater you get that 55 yard field goal and it's still a, a bad game from the kicker but a, a lot better than getting nothing it's, it's <laughs> a touchdown there but that field goal at the end we had the Cowboys defense they don't do that much you know in, in the end it would have been better still to have played the Steelers defense and get that return touchdown from them, you could have played Amari Cooper, and that would have worked out all right. But obviously fading the Cowboys running backs, deciding not to go out on a limb with CeeDee Lamb. Lamb, another bad game. He finishes the season just in this terrible, terrible skid. So that's going to be a big talking point for the offseason. So like how all of that played out and then, you look at where we are in the rest of the positions. I like our guys. It's going to depend a lot on Patrick Mahomes for our $200 level team. Obviously, we have Josh Allen in one of our best $35 level teams. We have a little bit of flexibility there. Those are the two high-scoring quarterbacks. Now, we know based on how this contest plays out that the winner of that game is going to be very important in terms of determining the ultimate winners of this contest. If you have Devin Singletary and he scores – Again, well in a loss, then you're in fantastic shape. Colin, the, the biggest choice that we had, and, and the one that I think is frustrating because you know we, we decided to go a little bit away from our favorite guys in order to build the full team. But Mixon Diggs versus Singletary Chase, if we have flipped that, you know, we'd be in much better shape. And so that was, I think, the key decision beyond the fades and the soft fades in the first round having the singletary chase those teams now are really looking good
2: yeah it was an interesting it's still very interesting in terms of the strategy based on who people are advancing now through the contest and then how many weeks we get out of those guys so you know you there's going to be teams that are well up the table but the players advancing may not be you know exactly what they want to happen and uh depending on how people played the, the 49ers cowboys game and and some of those other lineups like you mentioned people with those gain well points are going to be in a better spot than we are at the moment because obviously we faded the eagles completely there so i think it's gonna be fun to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks it's it's going to take some time to to really play out and see how things shake out but yeah some of those pivot points and how they are across teams and i think when like you know obviously you mentioned the teams we have and um, we have five teams in total so there was some diversification across those, but we did also talk about players that we were going to plant flags on and go with those guys as our main guys. And, uh, you know, some of those are going to work out, some of them aren't, but then it's about how those combinations click together across lineups. And you made a good point there with the two versus two for, uh, you know, the difference in having mixing and Chase in your lineup and having Diggs and Singletary. But, you know, maybe we go true this week and all of that is flipped on its head based on how the second week of the contest plays out so it's not a case of one week and it's the right or wrong decision but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to play out and we did think realistically you know there's more chance that like we have some Higgins exposure and it Chase is the most likely guy to get those points but you know you're also trying to be a little bit uh, differentiated as well across those lineups and avoid some of the, the most popular uh, kind of combinations so the teams could get duplicated but um, looking forward Sean to see how it plays out over the the rest of the tournament and you know it's, it's early days in the week we're recording this one on Tuesday we'll have two more shows coming your way this week um, and they will be coming out on Thursday and of course as well on saturday we are posting some of these shows as well up on the road of his youtube channel so if you haven't checked that out already head on over hit that subscribe button Uh, it's been great getting some comments in as well and things like that um, from some of the listeners so do that we are going to continue to grow that over the off season so we would really appreciate if you can click that subscribe button over on youtube i will post the link to it in today's show description as well i like to mention on the show you can get yourself that 10 percent discount to RotoViz nfl pass the code has updated you probably have heard myself and sean multiple times per week over the last 12 months say rv radio 2021 of course we are into 2022 now and the code is updated to rv radio 2022 so put that in a checkout get yourself a 10 percent discount off a rotavis nfl pass and that'll get you access all the way through to after the end of next season of course because it'll be 12 month pass. The rotibaz rookie guide is also available up on the website. So head on over and check that out. We will be talking more about that in the upcoming shows. But do head on over, hit that uh you know purchase button. I think you will uh, you will enjoy everything that is in there, it'll be fantastic content. We will be back on Thursday, as I mentioned. Uh, and until then, I guess all that's left to say is my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another show, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Biz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.